Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CodeCast Podcast today. I hope everyone's having a good holiday season so far, and you're getting your shopping done, whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, uh, Kwanzaa, wherever you're at in the country, or out of the country. We have quite the following uh, internationally as well, so hopefully everything is going well for you, and you're enjoying some of the cooler weather since we had such a hot summer. A couple of things, uh, some housekeeping items, actually. Thank you to those of you that uh, put out a... Uh, rating and a review on uh, iTunes, on Apple, on um, what else do we get it on Spotify and Amazon. We just appreciate um, all of the kind words. Thank you so much for doing that. If you haven't done that yet, we'd appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating and review. Also uh, on today, so if you're listening to this, it is December 13th drop. Um, I also have a um, podcast with the National Society of Healthcare Business Consultants, so the NSCHBC. It's called The Edge. Check it out. Uh, we're talking about um, the provider relief funding audit. So if you haven't heard about the single audits, make sure you check that out. Me and healthcare attorney Amanda Washer having that discussion. Also, if your head is speeding over all of the different uh, Medicare updates, make sure you check out one of my Medicare updates that I have coming up webinar uh, series. I have one with McVeigh Seminars this week, and then I also have one with NSCHBC uh, on the 20th. So please check out the offerings. Um, you never know what you might need, um, but we I also have my on-demand 2023 E&M a webinar up and also my cardiology one and we're working on the GI and the uh, ortho. We also have some for the No Surprises Act and some of the new information as well as the Cures Act, which is the information blocking. So take a look at the website at terryfletcher.net and hopefully you'll find something that you need for your educational uh, services and to help your practices. So for the CodeCast today, I wanted to actually focus on something that I saw, which I thought was really good. It was a, uh, not a picture, but a a grid of differentiating between fracture. And I think sometimes as coders, um, you have to go back to basics to figure out how you pull a code out, how you extrapolate a code from a report, um, how you're trying to figure out some of the language that your provider is using. And so I'm going to give you kind of a, a quick kind of a quick, I don't want to call it an update, but kind of a quick um, language and terminology information for fracture care. So we know what a normal bone is. That means there, there's no process, there's no really diagnosing it unless you're just saying you're, you're looking comparative films for x-rays. But a transverse fracture means straight across the bone. An oblique fracture, that's one that runs at an angle across the bone, kind of like a diagonal. A spiral fracture that circles or spirals around the shaft. Okay, so that's one that comes all the way around. Um, A commuted fracture. So we know we've seen that in the ICD-10. That means it's breaking to more than two fragments. So it's, it's also referred to sometimes as a crushing injury. Closed fracture, so the bone break without opening the wound in the skin. That's the the biggest thing to take away from that. And then, of course, the open fracture means that there is an open wound in the skin. And sometimes, I'm sorry about this, the bones are sticking out. Um, But you can also use this terminology and YouTube it, by the way. It'll show you what you want to see if you really want to see it. There's also something called an impacted fracture. And that's a part of the bone that impacts another part. 
um, the green stick fracture. Have you ever heard of that? One side of the bone is broken and the other side is just bent. Those are very painful. Professional athletes get that sometimes from a hit. And those are, those are tough. And then when somebody says they broke their foot or they broke their leg, that means that's a complete fracture. So that means through the bones, it separates the bone into two. And then a fissure fracture, these are tough. Talk about, the, let me go back. The The complete fracture actually is as horrible as that is. Um, they're easier to recover from because usually they're a clean break. It just separates in two. They make sure that it is stabilized and repaired and, and then you can um, basically move on. But when you get into a fissure fracture, those are cracks in the bone. And so you have to just basically use compression and stability and non-movement just to get it to almost fuse together. And then we have a compression fracture and that's when one bone compresses another bone. You'll see these unfortunately uh, in spine a lot. So um, those are your fractures. So you've got transverse, oblique, spiral, uh, comminuted, uh, closed fracture, impacted, green stick, complete fracture, open fracture, what we call compound fracture, and then fissure fracture and compression fracture. So I'll have this up on my website as well so that you can actually see it and, and download um, the, the grid. So I wanted to talk a little bit about prolonged services for 2023. And I, I don't want to do it as a, a webinar. I just want you to kind of listen and understand some of the things that are coming up. And it's funny to even talking about prolonged services because first of all, when it was changed to only being used for the level five service in the office, and then one of the higher services in the hospital, it, I just can't believe we're still talking about it because if you look at the Social Security Act and the Medicare manual section, it actually says that prolonged services are used in rare cases. It doesn't say that you're supposed to use it as a, on a regular basis. So the fact that we have to talk about it because they keep changing kind of the rules is, is kind of interesting to me. I think this is going to be what we like to call low-hanging fruit to, to pluck for the OIG. And they're going, let's start there. Let's see what people are actually doing. So coding for prolonged services is not easy. Um, first of all, if for 2023, the 99354 to 57 has been deleted. Um, Non-face-to-face -face prolonged care, the 99358 and 59, are still active codes, but Medicare um, will have them as an invalid code for 2023. There are two prolonged service codes for office and other outpatient services. Those are our office visits, 99417 and then HICSPICS code G2212 because CMS doesn't recognize the 99417 and they don't agree in its usage with what CPT has in there. There are two new codes when coding for prolonged services for what we now call inpatient or observation visits in 2023. That's going to be 99418 and G3016. So according to CPT, you can also use 99418 with nursing facilities for prolonged care if you meet the maximum, but CMS is going to require a G0317. Medicare says if we don't like what CPT is doing, we create our own code and rules. And then CPT does not have a prolonged service code for patients' home or residents, such as assisted living, but Medicare has recognized that that could be a prolonged situation. So there is a HICS-PICS code G0318. And then CPT and CMS, like I said, disagree again on threshold times. And so the 15-minute add-on code, CMS using is using the times in the Medicare file and um, 
not the times in the CPT book. So for the G codes for the hospital visits. So be aware of that because CPT has their rules, meaning that you can start with 15 minutes above one minute after the minimum. And um, basically Medicare is saying, no, you have to start after you've hit 15 minutes and one minute after the maximum. That's why we have a range of time. And I agree with Medicare on that one. And so sometimes I think Medicare is being unreasonable. There's some things there that I just think are incorrect, but I don't think that way when it comes to prolonged services. Um, also, one of the things that came up on the uh, prolonged service code for the hospital for 2023, it's really interesting how they're looking at the um, the uh, application of these for all services, because the time threshold is now different for all of them. And in the hospital, it says the times are you must meet or exceed and they only give you one time amount. So it doesn't say that it has to be a range like in the office. Um, and then in the inpatient observation, same day admission and discharge codes, the 99236, they actually give it to you for time even up to three days after, which I'm like, what the heck is that? And so that it, there's very, it's very interesting how to actually um, extrapolate some of these services. So it hasn't changed in the office, even though they said, oh, we made it um, easier. I'm not seeing how they made it easier. So the only thing that you have to keep in mind is sometimes in CPT, if, for example, let's say moderate sedation, you have to hit uh, 10 minutes before you can bill out for 15. So you have to hit beyond the midpoint, but not for prolonged care. You actually have to hit that 15 minutes extra above and beyond to be able to um, bill for that service. So this is where it's going to be um, a really important situation. Also, you have to use the person that bills time. You can't use clinical or non-clinical staff, which actually doesn't make sense because there's also prolonged service code time for clinical staff. But if you can't use clinical staff for time for the main code, how do you quantify that? So in my opinion, I would stay away from prolonged care unless it is absolutely necessary. So for example, in the office, if you reported a 99205, which has a time range of 60 to 74 minutes, and that's a new patient visit, CPT says that you can add the 99417 as soon as you hit 75 to 89 minutes. Well, the time range was 60 to 74. So that's one minute and then 15 minutes after that 60. But Medicare says, no, 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 you have to hit 89 minutes before we'll let you add on the G2212 code, which is their Hicks picks. So be aware that there is definitely a conflict when it comes to um, that kind of information. And one of the things that um, you also have to understand is payer to payer, they may be using Medicare guidelines. So I, I just want you to be cautioned if you're going to use these codes because just because CPT says you can do it doesn't necessarily mean you can. So look at what your payers are saying as well. An update for you dermatology coders out there, I just wanted to give you a heads up on something, which I think is really unfair that they're picking on derm, but they put back on the uh, work plan for OIG, they put back on the auditing of services with the 25 modifier. So you're looking for work plan W-00-21-35868. 
So for 2023, they're actually adding that Office of Audit Services. And they did it in 2021. And so 2022 is when they did a lot of the, the audits. But they're saying about 56% of dermatologist claims with an ENM service also included that minor procedure, which is lesions, removals, destructions, and biopsy on the same date. And it may not have been medically indicated. But I see other specialties putting on the 25 when they do a minor procedure or they do a diagnostic, which isn't necessarily um, appropriate. So I'm really surprised that they are once again picking on the, the dermatology and not other specialties. But just be aware that is out there. And uh, we don't want you to get that get caught on that. So um, be sure you're always updating yourself on what's the on the OIG work plan, because that can be a ringing, you know, just glaring endorsement of the fact that you could have some non-compliance. And our coding question comes to us today from one of my coding corner clients in Texas, and it's asking about the um, shockwave lithotripsy uh, code for treating. Um, coronary artery disease, and it's usually performed during an angioplasty and stent in the coronary artery. So this used to be inclusive of what you did as a, a angioplasty, but there is a new T code, which is new technology. It's not in your CPT book for 2022. It actually was added J uh, July 1st of 2022, which means you're only going to find it on the AMA website. It's 0715T. It's an add-on code to an an intervention, so to let's say a stent, 92928, and you hope that you're going to get a, a payer that's going to reimburse it. It is reimbursable for about $75 on the Medicare fee schedule, but commercial plans are still on the fence as far as if they're going to pick it up. So just know that that is a new offering. And I say 2023 only because it'll be in the T-code section for next year, but it is something you can use now because it has been effective as of July. That's one thing with CPT. If they don't, you know, they, they put out their book once a year, obviously, and they do make some new technology updates for CPT codes and they put them in category three anyway and they put them on their website so always make sure you take a look about that. Our coding question was brought to you today by Carmex Classic Lip Balm pre-medicated Carmex for healing chap lips again Carmex. So for my personal tidbit this week, some of you may think it's silly, but I'm always looking for a good gift for my husband. We tend to get each other a big gift, and so we already know what it is because big gifts, you kind of have to get somebody's approval. His this year, he wanted a remote control golf bag, seriously. And that was over $1,000, so I'm just like, okay, that's what you get, but don't expect much more. And then, of course, he knows he's going to have a couple things to open under the tree. But I found something that was very inexpensive on Amazon that he is going to be so happy with. And so for those of you that have the barbecuer or griller out there, if you want a suggestion, Amazon has for $16, it's called the propane tank gauge. And it tells you the level of propane you have left. It has the green if you have a lot, yellow if you're running out and red if it's empty. So instead of pouring cold water or, or warm water over your uh, tank or trying to figure it out by hitting it and kicking it and hurting your foot, uh, look on Amazon for that. And you're looking for a propane tank gauge. So it just gives you an indicator level of anything and it tells you if you have a leak.
So I just want to let you know, hopefully you find that helpful. Um, another stocking stuffer that I like is lotto tickets. So if you have scratchers, go to 7-Eleven, go to your uh, local gas station. They always have them and throw them in everybody's stocking. Even let the little kids do them. So, you know, they're not necessarily gambling because you'll take it in for them. Anyway, everyone, I hope this was helpful. Make it a great rest of your week. Make it a great day. And thank you for listening to the CodeCast podcast. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing, and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter at TerryCoder1 or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net. Podcast producer Joe Kuzma, music producer Assassin Music. <laughs>